Greetings and welcome to the Heart Hall Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Cordova. The Heart Hall Podcast is a show dedicated to highlighting the faculty, staff, and guests of the University of California Davis's Ethnic and Gender Sexuality Studies departments housed in Heart Hall and under the Heart Interdisciplinary Programs umbrella. This episode is going to be a little different in that I'm going to speak with a couple of folks from the Aggie Compass Student Needs Center. We're going to cover the four pillars of their program, how they got involved with said program, and how you, if you're a student in need, can benefit from their services. I'm sitting here with a couple of folks from the uh, Aggie Compass Student Assistant Service, and uh, I may have the exact titles of that incorrect, but that is part of what I want to cover with that. So uh, who do I have joining me today? Uh, my name is Adele Uh I am a pan- pantry intern for Aggie Compass, and uh, this is uh, my first year working in Aggie Compass as well. And my name is Howard Chanel. I am one of the basic need coordinators here for the Aggie Compass Basic Needs Center. Great. Thank you for joining me today on this uh, this chat here that I've got going. Um, Eduardo, could you could you say your title one more time, please? Yeah, it is a pantry intern. What exactly does a pantry intern do? Um, well, uh, as a pantry intern, I coordinate uh, deliveries to the other pantries when COVID is not around. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I. Uh, I uh, coordinate with the uh, other pantry interns about uh, outreach events that we have for the community as well. Cool. And um, so overall, what does Aggie Compass do? Like, what is its purpose with uh, UC Davis? Aggie Compass's main purpose, we have four pillars that we focus on. Uh, the first two being food and housing. We try to address the food and housing security needs of our students so they can so we can ensure uh, further academic success here at UC Davis. And we also provide financial stability and mental uh, health uh, resources for our students. The mental health resources that we provide uh, is uh, we refer. Uh, We collaborate with our uh, campus partners such as OSSJA, uh, the case managers and uh, the health clinic. And if a student needs any type of uh, mental health support, such as a therapist or counselor on campus, we refer to one of our campus partners. And the same thing with our financial stability. We uh, refer students over to the Blue and Gold Wellness uh, program that lives in financial aid, so they can meet with a financial advisor and discuss um, kind of the circumstances and situations that led them to requiring the resources they're seeking from our center which is uh, food and housing assistance. Uh, Aggie Compass is about two and a half years old. Um, so it's still relatively new on campus compared to like other programs, but um, the program is definitely growing by leaps and bounds. And, and is Aggie Compass like a newer version of another program or is this like a, a new I, newer idea, I guess, on its own? So um, I guess, I don't want to date myself too bad, but I don't <laughs> mind. I graduated from UC Davis in 2000. And um, <clears throat> the space that we're in when I was a student here was a travel agency and a post office. And since my graduation in 2000, um, there have been a lot of changes as far as like services for students. One of those being basic needs. Um, the idea and concept that the starving student a student eating top ramen and cold pizza. I mean, 
that might have floated back in the day. But nowadays, we're trying to address these needs because of so many, because of the impact it has on so many students. Um, for college students nationwide, 41%, 41% face some form of food insecurity. And as far as housing security goes nationwide, 48% faces some form of housing security. So with numbers like that, um, you get the development of resources such as Aggie Compass. Um, the UC system, um, we are definitely trying to do something to like kind of combat this. Every uh, UC campus, they have some form of a basic needs center that um, they, they partner with different uh, campus partners and try to ensure that the basic needs of all their students are being addressed. Here on, at Davis, we partner with financial aid and many of the uh, uh, other centers and programs that provide this type of resource. And of the four pillars you mentioned that uh, with mental wellness and financial resources that you're more on the referral side of things. So the other two pillars, food security and housing resources, how do you, how do you assist students on each of those? We have so many resources to help students in that, those two areas. Um, it's kind of cool because even though the center is only two and a half years old, um, the resources are growing and growing. And what I mean by that is when I first started working here at Aggie Compass, as far as the housing resources go, we just provided an emergency grant to help a student pay their rent or provide financial assistance to pay the security deposit. And over these like this year and a half that I've been here at the center, we've grown, we've grown from just having an emergency grant to now we have a rapid rehousing program. We have an emergency housing program where we can place a student in a hotel for, uh, for up to two weeks. And we also have a rental subsidy program where we can uh, financially supplement um, the rent of a student that's living on different, um, different dorms on campus. Last year, or last fall, we just focused on the grant. Uh, the food from the um, the pantry, where does it come from? And what all is it, uh, what all is there? Um, yes, uh, the food from the pantry uh, comes donations, mostly. Uh, and also comes from um, uh, Yolo County Food Bank. Um, so, uh, what was the second part of the question, I'm sorry? Uh, what all, what kind of stuff do you get to distribute? Uh, yeah, so we usually have uh, shelf-stable food, like uh, tuna, uh, beans, rice, things that, you know, don't expire um, too quickly um, or things that, you know, last for a very long time. Um, what else? Um, we have tuna, beans. Um, we have things like uh, uh, mac and cheese. Yeah, that type of, those type of food. Yeah. Okay. And um, also for uh, our mobile food and veggie program, we uh, partner with uh, Tandem Farms, the student farm, and um, uh, grocery stores in the, in, the, in the Davis area. And we get uh, donations from um, all those vendors. And this is the produce that we will distribute to our students. Um, I, I love to share with students that um, 
I have to go to the grocery store to buy my organic lettuce and tomatoes. And you as a UCD student, just, just being a UCD student, you get your organic fruits and vegetables for free. All you have to do is register with our mobile food and veggie up program, and you can have fresh fruits and vegetables delivered to your house also, or you can come pick them up here. There's always a way um, to get the resources to our students. And um, I think um, it's just a matter of us having a conversation to see what will work out best. Are you guys able to adhere to any sort of dietary restrictions or, you know, that sort of thing, like a vegetarian, vegan diet, et cetera? Yes. Um, so my counterpart, uh, Nubia Goodwin, she's the other basic news coordinator here at our center. And um, she works very well with um, the cooking kitchen and um, a local chef to develop um, a good a good menu that can address the dietary needs of a wide variety of folks in our community. And um, some students have voiced that um, they have certain dietary restrictions. And, and again, this goes back to the communication part. Some students have voiced that um, they have certain dietary restrictions and would prefer um, to not have something like mac and cheese and would prefer additional fruits and vegetables or would prefer like, wow, like I would love to make rice and beans for my family, but I don't have any. So again, just make the request and then we'll see how we can accommodate that need. And you mentioned like you were your work with uh, this over the last year and a half. Um, how has like everything going on with the coronavirus, COVID-19 era we're living in changed how you are both doing your, your jobs with this? Because it seems like everything has changed and this is another thing that could have changed because of it. Um, Eddie, I would love for you to give some feedback on that because um, Eddie is a new student intern here at our center. He just started this fall when COVID first, like when, you know, COVID really impacted the uh, campus. So Eddie, could you share a little bit about how COVID has impacted our services? It's definitely, we, I think uh, we don't get, I feel like we don't get, uh, you know, we don't, the traffic is not as, as you know, as it, as it was before COVID here at the AMU. So people don't notice our resources. And, uh, you know, for me, I feel like, um, yeah, it's difficult for my position because all the other pantries are closed. So sometimes we have to come up with uh, new events or new, uh, new outreach events for, you know, so we can, you know, keep on helping the community. Um, and, uh, yes, but uh, I, I also think it's a little bit harder to get the word out about Aggie Compass because, like I said, the traffic here at the MU is not, you know, as it was before COVID. So, yes. Um, I would just like to piggyback on that. Thank you, Eddie. Um, the foot traffic has decreased uh, significantly because we have less foot traffic just coming through the MU. And um, like Eddie kind of alluded to, it's kind of forced us to morph some of our resources and how we provide our supports. We can no longer just have our food and veggie program in the front of our center and have a couple hundred students show up and we just distribute food that way. So we've had to morph that program and now our fruit and veggie program is mobile. So we drive through the city of Davis, the student lives close to campus, we're able to drop off uh, fruits and vegetables to a student at their home. 
instead of students having to wait in line or come to campus. Um, COVID has definitely forced us to make some of our services be very remote and has kind of forced us to change how we look at what we what we do and what we provide. Um, it's it's made us have to improve. So um, I know COVID is definitely in, made the work increase on one hand, as far as like the number of students that we provide resources and support for, just because of how COVID impacted the, you know, the community like, like so significantly. But it's also forced us to think, I don't know, think smarter about how we can provide more resources in this type of climate that we're in. Has there been any sort of new resources that you've been able to provide because of this and because of having to adapt uh, in a new way that you weren't used to before? Like, for example, my, my wife works in Fairfield in adults um, literacy and she's working remote and they're their whole program was initially based on setting up tutors with students and doing one-on-one -on -one kind of meetings. But with that not being possible, her and her other coordinators are hosting classes for the students now and kind of trying to do the same sort of education for them. Have uh, Has Aggie Compass done anything of this sort and in this time with uh, new resources? So, um, as far as the case management services go, um, that was typically done in a one-on-one -on -one setting here at the center. But now with COVID here on campus, that's not something that we can necessarily do. And um, my, my background is in mental health. So I'm used to being people one-on-one, -on -one, having that, that, that rapport and establishing a connection with that individual. But with COVID, it's made everything be remote and virtual. So our case management services have had to morph and change with this. And now we need to provide these either over the phone or in a Zoom appointment. Um, I was a little leery at first of how well that will be received because um, in order to talk to someone about them, them being in a bad spot, basically, uh, and facing like some type of food or housing security, you know, it, it requires you to, you know, be very considerate, be delicate, you know, try to establish that rapport to get some type of connection so you can get over the hump of the pride and the, I don't know how to ask for this. I, I was leery at first, but um, if anything, this new climate, it's made, it made it possible for me to provide uh, more case management appointments. I can, instead of seeing like three or four students in a day, I'm able to see like five or six or sometimes even seven or eight. It all kind of depends, and really it's because of this virtual climate that we're in. Everything is like either over the phone or like over a computer screen. So I don't know, it's, I guess, easier to get more work done to see more students now. So it's kind of made me kind of like revamp how we provide our services in that way. And the same thing goes across the board for all of our programs. It, we can no longer provide things in person the way we used to. We've had to increase our um, safety protocols. We've had to buy like masks and gloves and install shield guards into our center. So, and we've had to like empty out some of the things that we typically just have in our center, such as like our own pantry and our essentials closet. We still have some of our like food staple items, but 
like Eddie said, no, a foot traffic is so diminished that, you know, it's like one or two students that may come by like throughout the week to get some type of resource in that manner. But it, it's just made everything so virtual that where we're able to reach students in all parts of the country, all parts of the world, um, we just sent a grocery gift card to a student that's in Connecticut. We sent a grocery gift card to a student last week that lives in Utah. So there is no, like, we're able to do more. I, I, I guess, I guess I, I, that's the bottom line of all this. We're able to do a whole lot more, and that's the impact that COVID has had on us. We're working smarter. And, and something you said kind of uh, made me curious, just myself, because you said you had a, a background in mental health. How did each of you get involved with this in the first place? From the start, I wanted to, you know, get involved in an organization that, you know, helps students because in my community college, I'm a transfer student. I knew about, you know, all the possibilities and other resources that, you know, schools have and that, you know, institutions like universities have. So it was, you know, it, I gladly, I was, I was, you know, I got this position and I'm, you know, I'm able to help students. So this is how I got involved. And I've always uh, wanted to give back to my community in some way, shape, or form. That's why I went to uh, uh, Children Career Manor and Mental Health, so I could work in um, different residential facilities and nonprofit programs as a behavioral therapist. Um, my uh, me coming back to UC Davis after spending 20 years in Sacramento County working in mental health is really uh, due to what this university has meant to me. It's given me so much. Um, when I first entered UC Davis as a freshman, I was lost. I'm still stuck in my gang banging mentality. And it just took, it took a whole lot. It took a village to help me to get to where I'm at. And this university was my village. All the faculty and staff um, always welcomed me with open arms and they always provided me with insight and knowledge that allowed me to be the man that I am and step out of this university and do good work in the community. So when the opportunity presented itself for me to come back to UC Davis, I jumped on it. Um, the university, especially this one, UCD has given me so much that um, working here at ID Compass is, it's like a dream job. It's allowing me an opportunity to give back to students in a way that I was luckily like blessed to get that exact same like resource and support there were so many times as a student that you know when i was a student in 1995 um there was no aggie compass no basic needs center all of this was like you just would go to a professor and hopefully that professor was nice to you and hopefully like y'all had a good enough relationship where you can ask them things like hey can i uh get some of your sandwich or Hey, I know uh, you got some leftovers at your house. Can I come on over? And I, I was, I was welcomed into a lot of professors' homes, faculty, staff. I like, I, I, I was given so much. And now that this is in a, a formal setting, this basic need resource, this is, um, this is all due to lots of student stories students that were suffering, students that were dealing with all those hungry, sleepless nights, students that were sleeping in their cars, 
but those student stories are why we have this formal resource in place. So being able to come back to the university in this capacity, you know, and help out so many students the way I was helped, it's a no-brainer. And what students are actually eligible for these programs and these pillars that you have in place? Like, is it just everybody you have to hit like any certain uh, criteria, I guess? So the cool thing about our resources, our resources are based off equity, not equality. Equality means we all give an equal portion. Equity means some students need a little and some students might need a little more or some students need a lot. When I was a student here, I needed a lot. And I was luckily, lucky, lucky and blessed that faculty received me and were able to help me. Um, you just need to be at least a part-time student. After that, is this a matter of me meeting with financial aid and meeting with the student to see if the student is gonna qualify if they meet our criteria? But first thing first, you just need to be at least a part-time student and then we can take it from them. What advice would you have to students who might be hesitant about using this? Because like you said earlier, uh, there's kind of a, a, a potential pride stopping some people from utilizing this program, despite it you know, seeming to be so beneficial to them. Uh, what sort of encouragement would you have just, you know, more than we're here? Just ask, like, please, please, please. Um, all students, since, uh, since I've been the case manager and the uh, base needs coordinator here, um, I, can, I can honestly say that about 99.9% .9 of every student appointment, every student is gonna say, this resource is for students in need, this is not for me. I didn't know how to ask. I didn't think that this resource was gonna be able to help me because I'm not like in that much of a need. Our resources for all UCD students, again, it goes back to the principle of equity. It's for any UCD student. You just need to just ask. All you have to do is come into our center, ask for some resources and support, and let's see what we can do. The most that, we, that we're going to tell you is that we don't provide that resource or support here at our center. And then I would see what I can do to refer you to the other, another center or program that can help you. But the biggest thing is just to ask for that support. Just reach out. Um, all the programs, especially Ivy Compass, our sole purpose is just to help all of our UCD students. That's it. My job is to help you. I have 30,000 plus bosses and it's not the director of the center. It's not the director of our department. They are my boss, but I'm thinking about the students that I service. So if a student has a need, please, the first thing to do is just to ask. All you have to do is ask and be a student here at UCD. And my job is to work with you and see what resources are gonna work best for you. And if we can't help you, we refer out and see who can. One of our campus partners will. We are all here to help. Yeah, and I just wanna say something real quick that I've noticed, you know, from being a student throughout the years. 
uh, is that I feel like some students feel as if there's there's some kind of stigma attached to getting resources from the school, and so you know they they hesitate and uh, to ask and to you know get the resources. My word to them would be you know don't be afraid. Uh, the resources are there for you to for you are there for you, and um, and you, all you have to do is reach out and uh, it. Uh, sometimes they can really make a difference for the student. Yeah, I think just overall in life, there's so much stigma against asking for help and like there's no, there's nothing wrong with it. And uh, it's really cool that you guys are, are doing this for the students and especially now having to adapt to it uh, with, you know, to the times we're in. But come, you know, sometime in the future, knock on wood, normalcy happens again. Like it'd be great to, you know, have everything be as it running as it was before. Um, when I was doing a little bit of research on the program, I came across a skills program, which is just some of the other uh, bits that the program offers. What sort of skills are you able to, to teach people? A skills program that is tied to referring students to uh, Longo Wellness um, and financial aid. Ah, I see. We're, yeah, and we're also trying to um, really develop and carve out some additional skill programs that we're seeing a need for our rapidly housing students. Um, our rapidly housing program is where we can house a student for free for 30 days. And then for the next few months, they'll pay their rent on a sliding scale. These are our students that might need additional support or connection to other campus resources such as that Blue and Gold Wellness Program and financial aid, maybe a therapist, maybe connection to uh, ICC to find an internship, like maybe, or maybe connection to like some uh, cultural center or another program. So what we're trying to do with our rapidly housing program is figure out which skills, because we just rolled this program out um, last quarter. Last quarter uh, for the fall was the first quarter for our rapid rehousing program and right now it's full. So we, we're going to have additional beds for uh, next year and next year that's when um, we'll have more of a skill program um, attached to the rapid rehousing program so we can try to help out students in those other areas to help them make that smooth transition from our rapidly housing apartments to them securing their own apartment or their own living space in another area, but being able to do it in a secure and secure manner so they can take care of themselves moving forward. All needs are being addressed. Um, we're seeing that in at Ivy Compass, we started off with just our four pillars, um, just food, housing, mental health, and financial stability. And from those, we're starting to see there are like other resources, other needs that need to be addressed and that are all encompassed under basic needs. Things such as uh, financial help with paying medical bills, uh, financial assistance to help get a new computer, new laptop. And with students, with students um, engaging in remote learning because of COVID, well, now students need things like duo tokens and Wi-Fi hotspots. And now students also need legal services to help combat um, leases they may have signed. So what we're seeing is that with this skills program, 
it's starting to kind of show us that we are other basic needs that we, we need to address to help our students so they can feel more secure and be grounded in their uh, academic career at UC Davis. Less stress and less uh, academic and greater academic performance. That's what, what we're trying to uh, help our students with. Uh, is there anything else you guys would like to uh, add on to this? Because I, th- I kind of feel like we're winding down a bit. Uh, anything I might have missed or you might have missed that you want to touch on? Just that, um, like I said, Aggie Compass is only two and a half years old, maybe two, two, going on two and uh, two thirds, and um, there's still more work to be done. Um, a lot of the requests that we get, like, I cannot stress it enough how important it is that a student, um, we might only deal with food and housing, but if you need help with something like a funeral service, or you need help with like buying a new computer, like whatever the case might be, you need help with car repairs. These are things that are outside our wheelhouse, but there's a conversation to be had to see if we can help you in some way, shape or form. And if we can't refer you to another campus partner that can provide that support that you need. Um, a big part of our resources is that um, we kind of need folks to kind of come into our center and kind of request them. We kind of need people to kind of poke around and ask for things. So um, if a student has a request, food or housing, or some other type of basic need, you need help with like anything, please, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to Aggie Compass and see what support we can provide you or how we can help you and assist you in getting that need met by connecting with another campus partner. We're here to help you. Great. Uh, thank you both for coming on this this podcast and, uh, you know, for telling everybody about this great program. And, uh, you know, when it goes up, I'll have links and stuff like that that uh, can direct people and hopefully help out more people who may not be aware of it or may be hesitant to take you up on what you're offering. Please do. Um, we would love to reach students that are sleeping in their cars, students that are facing any, any form of housing security. If you're couch surfing, Aggie Compass is the place for you. If you have a food need, you want to apply for CalFresh, you're seeking additional food resources, we're the place to help you. So please reach out. And um, Daniel, thank you so much for this interview and allowing us to share the good word about what we do here at Aggie Compass. So more students are aware and they know where to come. Absolutely. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, thank you for your time. Of course.